Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 453rd ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is, again, very easy up here in baseball-mad New England as the Red Sox on Saturday hit two grand slams, one in the first inning, one in the second inning, to smother the Astros and tie the series at 1-1 after the Astros won on Friday in a very entertaining game where uh, Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve both hit huge homers to propel them to victory. But Saturday it was all Red Sox from the get-go as J.D. Martinez hit a grand slam in the first inning and Rafael Devers hit one in the second and it was just, uh, and that's pretty much the game. They ended up winning 9-5, I think. But they, uh, the outcome was obvious. And people up here in Boston are very excited because it returns to Fenway tonight for the next three games. Tonight, tomorrow night, and Wednesday, I think, at late afternoon, Eastern time, maybe 4 p.m. It's a game that I'm uh, planning to attend and the story of the Red Sox, by far, has just been the play of Kiki Hernandez, who hit another home run on Saturday to put the icing on the cake. And he is just on fire. He's batting literally 500 in the postseason. Has a bunch of home runs and tape measure shots. Uh, some acrobatic fielding plays. Uh, lots of other hits interspersed with the home runs he's been hitting. And it's just uh, spectacular to watch. It's just amazing. Um, So, yeah, again, it's just complete baseball fever up here. Uh, Nobody wants to go back to Houston. I know it sounds like a tall order that the Red Sox would win the next three in a row. But I would venture to say that it might not be any taller in order than the Red Sox coming back from Tampa tied 1-1 winning the next two games in the best of five, both with walk-offs, uh, last week. So it's a fun time in New England. I got to tell you, it's just uh, really just baseball crazy. And uh, especially and what really launched it, of course, was beating the 
Rays, who had a 100-win season, won the division handily by like eight games, same division as the Red Sox and Yankees. And of course, it all got going with the Red Sox-Yankees playoff game, which was magical. I had the pleasure to be there, and that was the launch point for what these Red Sox are doing these days, and uh, it's just going to be fascinating to watch, to say the least. Uh, And the Fenway crowds... Uh, have been as good as I can remember since 2004 when they broke the uh, the curse. So, and the other na- the other series, the National League Championship Series, has been entertaining as well as the Atlanta Braves have won two walk offs in the bottom of the ninth, two day two nights in a row uh, against the defending world champion Los Angeles Dodgers. And the crowd, crowds in Atlanta have been fabulous as well, uh, using that chant that we've heard before there and, of course, invented down at Florida State. Um, and it is just uh, an entertaining baseball postseason. I think there's been five walk-offs so far. And uh, out of something like 22 games played, so it's just riveting stuff, and it's going to continue again tonight. Both teams are playing tomorrow, and both teams are playing again Wednesday, I believe. So it's going to be really, really fun to watch. However, there is a low light in New England. My low light of the week is the Patriots playing a riveting game against the Cowboys yesterday, but they lost. And they are now winless at home, uh, which is just hard to believe. I I think the last time they lost uh, four games at home uh, in a row, uh, we're going back to the early 90s, pre-Belichick, I believe, and maybe even and then pre-Brady. So it's uh, uncharted waters. And probably the worst part of it is the fact that the Patriots played just a fantastic game. Uh, but the Cowboys are a very good team. Uh, if there was any doubters before yesterday, I think that's uh, there are no doubters anymore. It was a crazy back and forth game, especially late in the game. Uh, it was highlighted by the bizarre sequence of Patriots quarterback, rookie quarterback Mac Jones throwing a pick six to Trayvon Diggs, who's having an unbelievable start to the season. He has like Six picks, maybe one in every game so far. Uh, And he just has a a bunch of interceptions to start the year. Six or seven, I think it is. Uh, So anyway, Mac Jones throws the pick six. You think that that's the end of the game. And in fact, it was felt like maybe it was just the beginning of the game with what was transpiring afterwards. Because on the very next play, after the pick six, Mac Jones threw a 75-yard pass to Kendrick Bourne. It's just spectacular. It was against Trayvon Diggs, as luck would have it, and a a safety. And he just laid it right in there, His literally his signature play of the year. And uh, Bourne took it from there. And then it got really interesting with uh, just back and forth, field goals, what have you. It led to an overtime where the Cowboys uh, won on a walk-off pass to C.D. Lamb that was uh, sort of 
the play they won on was a play that they had a similar formation that Tony Romo, the announcer with Jim Nance, talked about. And, uh, and, but it was not run the way they wanted it to. I think there may have been a penalty, and the Cowboys had a ton of penalties that they overcame to their credit. And so Tony, Tony Romo pulled another quasi-Nostradamus, as he's famous from that Chiefs-Patriots playoff game from a few years ago, AFC Championship game. Um, but again, uh, I was there for the game. And tons of Cowboys fans, they really uh, kind of showed me what the uh, America's team is all about. It was pretty impressive, especially when Amari Cooper would catch a pass and they would start chanting Coop. Uh, so it was really um, just a tremendous football game by any standard. Uh, but again, the fact is, and why it's the low light, the Patriots are now 2-4. and four. A little bit hard to believe. Certainly something we haven't seen in a long time up here. And it felt like they just played their best game, again, against a very good team. Uh, and they couldn't pull it out. Bottom line, they just could not stop the Cowboys as the game wound on. You know, fourth quarter, overtime. You just knew when the Patriots won the toss in overtime, if they didn't score, that the Cowboys got the ball. Uh, they would probably drive down the field and win it. That's exactly what happened. The Patriots did not score on their first overtime. And uh, so we'll see where they go from here. But it's uh, discomfort in New England with the start to the Patriots season, to put it mildly. Uh, and my bizarre story of the week is last night, Sunday Night Football, the Steelers-Seahawks game, which was, again, Fascinating game. Uh, Steelers dominated the first half, and then the Seahawks dominated the second half. But in the end, uh, with a crazy call to end in regulation, where uh, the Seahawks fumbled, it was recovered, they ran to the line. All very confusing. Looks like the stadium clock ran down to zero. Uh, but then the NFL offices... Uh, got involved and they were given three seconds, which did not make the Steeler fans happy, but it went to overtime and TJ Watt, perhaps along with Aaron Donald, the best player in, uh, defensive player in the league. Uh, he forced Geno Smith, knocked the ball out of his hands, fumble in overtime at around the Seahawks 20 or so, 20, 30 yards, whatever. And the Steelers kicked the winning field goal and uh, won the game in overtime. So it was just fascinating, uh, especially when you consider the, uh, you know, the crazy sequence at the end of regulation. Um, so quite the game, to say the least. Um, but another great NFL Sunday, another great college football weekend, and we're going to get into that with AP Stedham. So why don't we take our break now? And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, AP Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. Listen for Bravehearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you uh, for joining us, as always. And it was another great football weekend, uh, both college and NFL. And you had the good fortune to attend yet another Alabama game where they got back on track. Yeah, John, they were over in Starkville, Mississippi, Stark Vegas, as some people refer to that town. And Alabama was uh, on the rebound from uh, the defeat of Texas A&M, they beat them by three points in College Station, so Alabama was in the L column, but they got into the W column, 49-9. to They had a good offense with Bryce Young uh, throwing for 300 and uh, I think it was 40-something yards, 20 of 28, four touchdowns. He's got 24 touchdowns and 2,000 yards, John, after six ball games. Uh, he completed about 70% of, with only three interceptions. 
So he's having a fantastic year. I expect him to be in New York City if this trend continues for strong consideration for the Heisman uh, Trophy Award. And, and John, they had a, a interception Jordan battle, ran it uh, for a touchdown. Uh, uh, he intercepted the Will Rogers on the sideline and ran it in for about 40, 50 yards. That was one of the touchdowns as well. And they, they held Mississippi State to 300 yards passing, minus one on the ground. So it was 299 for the evening, and they did not score a touchdown on the three field goals. And I think they were averaging in the neighborhood of 370 yards passing. So Alabama had a good night defensively. Uh, Will Anderson, Jr., four sacks. That hasn't happened since Derek Thomas way back in the um, early 80s. So Will Anderson, Jr. is making a name for himself, and I believe he was just named the SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Wow. Well, it was a game they needed, AP. They needed a strong showing to bounce back from the surprising loss a week earlier to uh, Texas A&M, and they delivered. And I was watching one of the highlights show where they actually referenced Bryce Young as the Heisman favorite, which I found interesting because, you know, just didn't know he was actually the favorite. I think part of it has to do with, you know, other Heisman candidates, uh, you know, kind of falling off a little bit. And uh, so Bryce Young probably is, has emerged as the favorite. Um, And you referenced he will be in, likely will be in New York, uh, you know, at the end of the year. And so should be interesting. Uh, But yeah, Alabama, you know, and I noticed in the football writers poll, they've moved back up. They're number four now, at least in that poll. So if the college football playoff were to be, Decided today, the four teams, they they would be in it based on that poll, at least. Uh, no surprise there, AP, that's for sure. And it looks like them in Alabama and Georgia are headed for uh, what will be the game of the year somewhere down the road, probably the SEC championship game, I'd say. Yeah, John, Alabama uh, is still a good football team, and they have a lot of offensive firepower with Bryce Young at the helm. Uh, leading the charge, and uh, that Jameis, Jamison Williams, the transfer from Ohio State, he's electrifying. He can take that pass over the middle for 15 yards and run another 40 and get you a 55, 65-yard touchdown at any point. We've seen him have good kickoff returns. He had two on Saturday evening, so Alabama has plenty of offense. Um, their, their question mark probably is that defense in the secondary and uh, just overall they come to play up front, the front seven. And so that's a work in progress. But Alabama has all the makings of being a national championship team. But I don't think it's going to be overwhelming like it was last year when they were 15-0 and they defeated Ohio State. I think it was the 52-24. to They gave them a sh- shellacking. But, you know, Alabama could still win the, win the championship. Georgia is playing tremendous defense, as we saw. So um, oh, just one other clarification on Will Anderson and that four facts that he had. On Saturday uh-huh. evening, he's only the third person in Alabama history joining Derek Thomas, as I stated, and Leroy Cook. Leroy was a, a two-time All-American in Alabama as well. Okay, got it. Um, well, sure to be interesting, AP. And uh, and the shocker of the weekend was Iowa, number two, Iowa, I might add. Yes. Uh, after the, the week after beating Penn State and moving up to number two, 
were beaten by Purdue pretty handily in Iowa City. Uh, that was totally the shocker of the day. Uh, you know, we've seen this before, AP. You fall flat after, you know, a gigantic win, which their win over Penn State was gigantic. And lo and behold, uh, Purdue comes in and really just completely controlled that game. I think the final score was like 24 to 7 or something like that. So, yeah, uh, yes. never a dull moment. No, no, John. Total surprise. You're playing at home. You're all fired up. You're number two. It's been a while since they've, they were in that position. And you're playing a Purdue football team. You know, I didn't suspect that I would have any problem. And you're losing. You lose by 17 points at home. That, that should not happen. It's just hard to figure how these young men, 18 to 23 years old, each week as they uh, approach their opponent, their mindset, I, I can't figure it out. I've been watching it a long time as you, and there's no telling what's on their mind. That's so true, AP. You know, it just is, uh, it happens with regularity. And, uh, yeah, you, you know, I, I just don't think anybody, and obviously nobody expected that. That may turn out to be really one of the big upsets of the year. To put it mildly, uh, again, they were, had... Could be gotten to the heights that they've been striving for for years and years. It felt like, and you know, we're just sitting pretty, uh, and boom, it all comes crashing down right in their home field. So, I, I was literally as startled as I've been in a while when I saw that score. I, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, John, it's three. They were they lost by three scores. I mean, even if they Correct. scored the two touchdowns, the two point conversion, the sixteen, you still need. Uh, another point, you know, and to lose by that much at home, it's incredible. Um, you know, Purdue, nice football team, you know, beat sure. Oregon State, beat Connecticut, uh, lost at Notre Dame 27 to 13, beat Illinois in a close ball game 13 to 9, lost to Minnesota, right? Lost right. to Minnesota. And that, w- that was a homecoming game um, for Purdue, I believe it was. So they had trouble scoring. Um, you know, 20 to 13, have a week off to prepare for Iowa, who's, uh, you know, one of the better teams in the conference, obviously, and they, sure. and they pull off the upset, 24 to 7. So I, I, I don't quite understand it, how Iowa could let Purdue come in there uh, and, and win that game. I, I don't get it. It was a shocker by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, again, as big as we've seen so far, and uh, may end up being maybe the shocker of the year. And we'll see where it all goes with Iowa. And now, you know, as uh, luck would have it, um, football writers poll has Penn State at number nine and Iowa at number 11. Of course, Iowa beat Penn State a week ago. We all know that. And although Penn State was having a good game until their quarterback, Sean Clifford, got hurt. Uh, They had the lead and whatnot. So I think that's factored into these rankings, AP. I really do, because Penn State was rated higher last week, and they dropped. They had a bye week. And I think the reason they dropped is because Iowa lost, and therefore Penn State uh, okay. you know, losing to Iowa now hurts them since Iowa's, has lost a game. Right. It's just that simple. Right, right. J- John, Penn State's second-string quarterback, he did not fare well when he was inserted into the game, correct? He did not. He did not. 
he, he was not, two of not quite ready for like prime that, time. What's that? I'm yeah. sorry. Was he two of 16? Did I read that correctly? Maybe. It was something like that. Yeah, it was pretty obvious from the get-go that uh, it likely wasn't going to go well, and it did not. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I think all those things are factored in. It felt like they were factored in last week, but again, Iowa beating Penn State but then losing to Purdue, you know, hurts Penn State because now it's not, I guess, what you would call a quality loss, so to speak. I mean, these are the terms that we now have to get used to, right, AP? Quality <laughs> wins. Quality wins and yeah. uh, yes. losses that are accepted if they're to a really good team, that type of thing. It's all factored in these days. So, And this is yes, just, yes, to me, a is. perfect and, example. Oh, yeah. And, John, I, I always try to explain this to people. When you were in your math class, you heard of the term transitive property. Oh, and yeah, I would I always that say that many times, uh, for instance, Tennessee would beat the tower out of every team on their schedule, and Alabama sometimes would play a close ball game, but invariably Alabama would beat Tennessee, so there was no transitive property to look at the Tennessee score versus the common opponent with Alabama. It just did not uh, equate. So I tell people right. all the time in college football, sometimes the matchups um, favor one team but not another. So I don't think there's transitive pro- uh, transitive property with college football, but people subconsciously or consciously use that analysis. Yeah, I mean another good example, AP, is just you know Ohio State losing in uh, early to Oregon, and you know it's almost like yes. from that point on that Oregon or Ohio State is basically rooting for Oregon to do well because then it comes in as yeah. more of a quality loss I mean this is the new world we're in it's the the football version of a- analytics that we see so much in baseball these days where they're actually starting relievers in postseason games it's crazy but analytics is uh taking over and it's really a big deal in college football it really is like uh, oh, you just have to like yeah, abso- absolutely look yeah at the everybody whole big has picture. somebody at least yeah at least one person on their staff John basketball football there's an analytics specialist on their staff absolutely absolutely it's mandatory and AP you mentioned Tennessee I don't know if you had a chance to see the end of that game where the fans were throwing things on the field it was just delayed for something that sounds like twenty minutes a golf ball literally hit Lane Kiffin, who was making his return uh, to Tennessee for the first time since he left there when he was coaching them. And emotions were running high, AP, but it was quite a scene. It really was um, kind of scary and uh, yeah, it, crazy. Yeah, John, it's, it's, it's really something that should not be happening in, in any arena, any venue. You're bringing your family, your children, and... And it's just, I think it's pitiful display of sportsmanship by the Tennessee fans, some of them. Yes. And I don't know what the SEC can do other than if you have the cameras, I would prosecute some of those people and ban them from the stadium. And that would let everybody know that this is a serious offense. And we're not just going to find Tennessee money. We're going to go after individuals personally and, and make them responsible for their actions. Right. 
an AP. I, th- that is what needs to happen. And uh, I'm guessing they're gleaning over video now from the end of that game. And, you know, when Lane Kiffin got hit on the arm, it appeared, uh, by the golf ball, I mean, my first thought was, and the announcers were saying the same thing uh, within minutes, who brings a golf ball to a football game, period. I mean, that yes. was the first question that came into my mind. Like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, right. Yeah, so th- there's a good example. So I, I think they are, again, as we speak, probably gleaning the film to see if they can identify anybody that was doing it. I mean, there was dozens of, like, water balls and a whole lot more stuff littering the field. And... uh just kind of crazy again at least a 20 minute delay if not longer it was it was quite a scene so we'll see where it goes but it wasn't good ap that's for sure not what we're used to seeing no no and i'm sure they want to make a statement and pursue some action because they don't want that that to happen this saturday somewhere else and i'm not exactly meaning just the SEC. I'm, I'm meaning around the country exactly right they need to send a message to fans everywhere, in every stadium, and on every campus. Well, AP, uh, we've come to the end of our first segment. Uh, we still have a lot more to get to, and we'll do so on the other side. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's The Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You 
are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 866 472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we, of course, were talking college football in the previous segment, and uh, interesting to see in the football writers' poll uh, that Cincinnati – is number two, rather amazing, out of the American Athletic Conference, a conference you and I covered. And they really put it to Florida, uh, excuse me, Central, UCF, University of Central Florida from Orlando. Terrific football program, coached by Gus Malzahn. And Cincinnati was at home, and uh, following their upset at Notre Dame a week previous, uh, they looked... Fabulous. And here they are at number two. Do you think it's going to hold AP where, you know, are they going to make the college football playoff? Because they are in a non-Power 5 conference. John, I I suspect that because they had a good showing in the Sugar, uh, the Peach Bowl against Georgia last year, even though Georgia was out some players and whatever, maybe Cincinnati's missing some players, I think that's in the selection committee's mind. And you defeat Notre Dame at home in the manner that they did. I don't see how you can say that they're a team that would be a representative um, in that uh, college football playoff. Their quarterback is excellent, probably can play for any team in America. The running back, John, one of them is Jerome Ford. He was a transfer from Alabama. He's had two successive games with, I think, what, 140, 180 yards, something like that. And and the coach is, is being sought after probably by number of schools at the conclusion of the season. So I, I think Cincinnati, they've been building a reputation. It's not only this year, it's the, the last couple of years. Correct. And that's a good way for them to do it, you know, to just improve every year, to uh, get to where they have arrived now. And, of course, their schedule is called into question. That will be a factor but uh, the victory of, over Notre Dame, I mean, we're, we're kind of back to that thing you and I talked about earlier, the previous segment, where if you're Cincinnati, you're now rooting for Notre Dame to win. Absolutely. Which would then enhance yeah. Cincinnati's win over Notre Dame. I mean, that's just, that's how the committee looks at it. So that's how we all need to look at it, too. So, yeah, uh, yeah. it's it, interesting. It, 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 John, oh, yeah, John, in college football fans, I remember I wrote a story years ago when Michigan was defeated by Appalachian State. There was a big roar at all the Big Ten games, Ohio State included, of course. They were they were laughing the loudest. But right. at the end of the season, when you're trying to get into bowls and get matchups for playoffs, well, it wasn't so funny to the rest of the league that Michigan, one of the blue buds of their, of their um, league, was defeated by Appalachian State, an FCS school. So people learn the hard way, John, and, and Nick Saban made this point. He came down to Mobile years ago, 
and gave this speech, uh, and he said, when Auburn is not good, that game will not be televised nationally or on a big network if, if they're in a position with a 3-8 and eight record and we're trying to win a national championship, we're not going to be on the best channel. So it's imperative that Auburn has a good team, Alabama has a good team, your league performs well outside the conference. And so this idea that I'm going to pull against my rival to go winless, it, it's, it's nonsense. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yes, it, it really, it, it doesn't. It's a topsy-turvy world now. I remember where I was, I think a lot of people do, when Appalachian State beat Michigan, which is maybe one of the big, it's clearly one of the biggest upsets in college football history. And I was driving back from Saratoga to Boston on Labor Day weekend, I believe it was. And I just remember it like it was yesterday. Because um, it was just, it was that big of a shocker. And it happened in the big house to boot, uh, 110,000 fans. And, uh, yeah, and now it happens, you know, kind of with regularity. You know, every year this is happening. Boise State, of course, the famous bowl game where they beat Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, with that fabulous Statue of Liberty type play. Uh, but, yeah, it happens at least once a year now where you have a non-Power 5 beats a power five and very often like a top 10 or top five power five. So that's the world we live in. And I think everybody's waiting with bated breath to see if, you know, Cincinnati will finally be the first to break through and get, uh, get invited to be part of the final four. Yes. And people who are going to wail about their schedule, there's nothing they can do about that. They, I mean, John, how right. many teams are scheduling a game to go to Notre Dame? Right, your schedule is your schedule. Absolutely, I mean, you're playing one of the blue bloods all in college football, and let's let's face it, Notre Dame is definitely a top ten program. They might be the number one program, but they're in the top ten. And I would I would say most years they're in the top five because they have that type of talent where they're recruiting the fifty states, as we know. But right. uh, Cincinnati, uh, as I said, they had a good showing against Georgia. Should have probably won that game. And then you, you, you follow up the next season with your quarterback being a very dominant player, and you travel to South Bend and you win the game on national television and everything's on the line for you. I mean, this is your, your one shot. And Correct. You, this you is the shot. Notre Dame in South Bend. So I don't have any issue with Cincinnati being there. Hey, John, if a team like Georgia plays them again, and we know they played last year in the, in the bowl game and they beat up on Cincinnati, Who's to say that couldn't happen to uh, another team that was, the, let's say, they were number four? We've seen that happen with Notre Dame. We've exactly. seen that happen with, heck, we've seen Ohio State get whipped in the playoffs uh, by a big score. We've seen Alabama get beat by four touchdowns uh, by Clemson. So I, I wouldn't use that as a negative against them if they entered the playoffs and, and they lost by, let's say, 20 or more points. I mean, so do a lot of other teams in the playoffs in the, in the past few years. Oh, absolutely. There's been a lot of blowouts, no doubt. Famous blowouts, too. Um, UCF, University of Central Florida, appears to have been, uh, to be the toughest game left on the schedule. And they, as we just discussed, beat them pretty handily. <laughs> and uh, so it's going to be fascinating to watch. But this is the year. We're going to get some answers once and for all this year from the committee and 
will they, uh, you know, do what some were thinking is unthinkable? Uh, you know, like it's just never going to happen, but suddenly it could happen because they're number, you know, they're number two, at least in this poll for poor writers. You know, they're not exactly clinging to the four spot. They're two, which makes it next to impossible uh, based on this yeah. poll at this moment for them not to invite them. It just does. Yeah, I think the, I think the committee would make a mistake by not strongly considering them for a playoff spot if they went out. And, uh, and John, I think uh, also, um, I think remaining on their schedule, I'm just taking a look at it here right now. I think uh, you know they're sitting at six and zero, of course, and right. also on their schedule they have SMU, and, and that game that's a home game for them. And the SMU is sitting at six and zero themselves. Wow. Okay. There you go. So Central Florida is not necessarily, uh, you know. The toughest game they'll play. I'm looking here at the poll at the top 16 a- AP, and I am not seeing SMU. Uh, again, right. a, re- a reflection of how the non-Power 5 is viewed. But Coastal Carolina is sitting at 6-0 and and number 15 in this ranking. So uh, mm-hmm. Cincinnati is not the only non-Power 5 sitting in the, in the right. top 16 of the football writers poll, at least. So, yeah, it's... Uh, right. You know, it's going to be fascinating. It really is. Um, the fact that they have that game at home. The crowd was good at Cincinnati. I watched some of that game, and, you know, they're loving it. And, you know, they had a fairly significant presence out in South Bend last weekend when they beat Notre Dame. So, um, yeah, it's it's good stuff. Um, I, I think it just makes everything more interesting because I think everybody's just been wait, waiting to see what will the committee do when this type of situation occurred? And the fact is, it's occurring. So we might find out our answers here in the next month or two. That's for sure. Yeah, John, and one thing you could say, looking, you know, we're just projecting. We're having some fun. Sure. If, in fact, Alabama wins out and beats Georgia, I don't see how Georgia couldn't be invited. So that's two SC teams once again. And then you have somebody like Oklahoma, you have the Big Ten, you have Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know if Wake Forest could go undefeated through that schedule, if that would matter. I'm not sure. So there's going to be, could be some, could be some pretty tough choices at the end. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. No question. Again, we all knew this day was coming. And it looks like. Yes. The day is about to arrive here in the next uh, few weeks. But AP, we're at the uh, end of our second segment together. Still have a few more things to get to, which we'll do on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? 
It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is Red Sox-Astros tonight, Game 3 from Fenway Park. Red Sox coming off, of course, their uh, two Grand Slam game, first time it had ever been done in postseason history let alone in the first and second inning, back-to-back innings. Um, AP, you're checking out the baseball. I, there's probably some excitement down south about the Atlanta Braves because there's a whole lot of excitement up here about the Red Sox, as you can imagine. But it's been a pretty uh, yes. fascinating playoff so far, postseason for baseball, I think. Yeah, just a little bit, uh, John. I haven't had as much time. There's so many football games going on. Right. I've been really trying to watch the professional a little bit more as well. But um, come World Series time, I'll, I'll take a look for sure. But I know the Red Sox fans and the Braves fans, they've been here before, and, and they've become accustomed to being in the playoffs with their team. Correct, correct. Well, again, Braves two off-offs in a row, bottom of the ninth. And Red Sox, as I said, are, uh, you know, 
swinging the lumber, as they say. So it's, it's crazy up here in New England. It's Red Sox fever for <laughs> sure. But AP, moving on to what we our bread and butter, which is always college football. Uh, big news over the weekend where Ed Ogeron, who won the national championship as head coach of LSU just a mere uh, season and a half ago, shall we say, um, came to an agreement with LSU where he's not going to he's going to coach the rest of the year and then that's it for him and uh, and I think LSU is going to pay him the remainder of the contract but it's a unique arrangement and huge news to say the least uh, I'm sure I was shocked to hear it uh, just kind of a, again a unique arrangement and uh, I'm sure you were pretty surprised as was everybody who follows college football I was surprised about the timing, John, and yep. you've heard the phrase, he's one of our own. I think that uh, this substantiates that they like Ed Orgeron and what he did, bringing them the miracle, magical 15-0 and perfect season, and they yes. just wanted to take care of him. And, his, and uh, this is one way that they can have an amicable separation, and, but yet he's still going to have to make some appearances. I think it's once a year that what, what I read uh for the LSU, uh, the school itself. So, uh, Ed Ogeron, I, and John, I still believe that he's the right person for that position. I think if they had just sat down with him, and I don't know if this occurred or not, but they could have discussed the, the, the hiring of the coordinators and the, the staff and the people that he would select, that he still would have been a good fit at, at LSU because we saw what happened when he had Joe Brady and Dave Aranda. Correct, exactly. And Joe Brady. So he was he the offensive coordinator, if I remember correctly. Offensive coordinator, the young offensive coordinator. I think it was twenty nine when he hired him, and of course Dave Aranda's having success at Baylor. And the other thing I wanted to mention about Saturday's game, John, when they were having their projections and prediction, LSU hosting Florida. It's a rivalry game. They've been playing, I think, since seventy one. My only feeling was the LSU players did not want to hear their uh, the boos. And their families would be in attendance. And you say, well, they, they started the season with their family in attendance. But this is different. This would have been really loud and probably vicious. Right. Exactly. Um, again, it was just, yeah. And by the way, Florida losing to LSU, uh, that, that's going to really hurt them, to say the least. Um, the Gators, you know, had pretty high hopes, even though they're in the same division as the East division for the, in the SEC, but nonetheless, uh, that loss is going to hurt them for sure. But yeah, LSU again, quality team. And, uh, you know, you expect, you're not surprised when you see that type of a score. That's for sure. No, no. And, and John Florida, three losses already to Alabama, Kentucky and LSU. And they have to play Georgia and Jacksonville. I think, uh, not this weekend, but the following weekend, and uh, LSU has, you know, they have talent. They have quite a few injuries, a lot of injuries on LSU's team. But that was a, a, a very good performance for them to beat Florida at home. And I don't know what they're going to do the rest of the season. You know, on the road, it seems like they were saying they less than stellar effort against Kentucky last week when they were losing 35-7 to at one point and ended up losing 42-21. to But um, I, I still think that, LSU is going to be a tough game because now the coach, you can do anything you want offensively. And that's always gets a little bit tricky if you're on the defensive side. And 
they come up to Alabama and it'd be nothing better for Ed Orgeron to uh, beat Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa. That's for sure. Uh, th- that would be quite a way for him to uh, go out with a signature win. That's for sure. And yes, yeah, so you mentioned Florida, Georgia. That's interesting. And um, Georgia's uh, specializing now in beating the upstarts, if you will, Arkansas. And then this past weekend, Kentucky, where they're just, uh, you know, dominating both teams and looking every bit the number one team that they are. So uh, fun college football season so far, AP, and sure to get better as we move along here. Oh, yeah, absolutely, John. Like I said, the big ten, I think the the most interesting league, I would, I, I think, I believe, is the big ten. Yeah. You have Penn State. Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Iowa. That's quite a few teams still in contention. Five teams in the top 16. That's pretty amazing. It really is. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be fun to watch, and a lot of these teams are playing each other as we move along here So in the Big Ten, as they are in the SEC. But AP, hard to believe we've come to the end of the show, and I just wanted to uh, thank you for calling in. Uh, with your excellent expertise as always and uh, great show and it's a good college football season and we're loving it as always. Hey, thank you so much, John. It's my pleasure. And thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.